welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for the second episode of Fargo, Season 1, The Rooster Prince. This episode was written by Noah Hawley, directed by Adam Bernstein, premiered 422 of 2014, and I gave it an 8 out of 10. It was kind of the aftermath of what happened in the very explosive first episode with massacres and uh, just getting a little bit more information. Apparently, Fargo is this trucking competition or trucking war type of syndicate thing going on. Um, I also laugh every time they open up with this is a true story because it's not. (laughs) They've changed no one's name. That's just bullshit. But we start this episode with two men. Now, I'm told they're called Mr. Numbers and something else. I only know that because of the... um, of the uh, I didn't catch the actor's name because I was trying to find what the one actor <laughs> was in because uh, I've seen him so many times but I couldn't figure out the one that was actually talking not the deaf guy uh, I do like how they incorporated the deaf guy in the in the whole um, interaction and that you had to wait for what he had to say and you didn't really know what he had to say you had to take the word of his partner for that but it's clear his conversations weren't syncing up so i love that and i guess it's mr numbers and mr wrench so there you go (laughs) very interesting they didn't i don't feel they introduced them as that but that's what their names are they are sent from fargo and they are there regarding the hess situation and meet with max gold there's a conversation around why the town hasn't or doesn't have a library that seems to completely be at the expense of Max Gold. Max tells them, I think he was talking about his actual appearance and nothing about a library. It is really weird that they don't have a library though, so how isn't this one supposed to get educated past school? Max tells them about Malville, who came by and that he was stabbed in the back of the head, Hess, in a club, a strip club. They agree to kill the man who killed Sam. Everyone buries their dead, with Lester being invited in by his brother and Kitty forgetting why someone would want to sell their house, considering that your wife died in it, you almost died in it, and the officer certainly died in it. I know it's his house, but how is he allowed in an active crime scene? And I don't think that the crime scene has been closed for him to be allowed into. Like, I would think this was okay if he was accompanying an officer. I understand it's been maybe a week or so since the events have gone down, but not enough time where they would have said, okay, especially if they still don't have a motive (laughs) to be like, no, we'll release the crime scene when it's no longer a crime scene. There should at least be an officer sitting out front. At Vern's memorial, Bill and Molly differ over the obvious suspect, seeing as Bill went to school with Lester and cannot conceive that he'd do such a horrid crime considering he passed out when a girl had a menstrual cycle. And he's only partially right. He killed his wife. He did not go on to kill um, Hess or kill Vern. But Vern's wife encourages Bill to follow every lead. So he agrees to talk to Lester, but he wants to be the lead on it. Back at Lester's, there's platitudes everywhere. 
everything happens for a reason go confidently into the direction of your dream live the life you imagine very apropos for lester's current transitioning phase right now but an indication he's gaining or may have been gaining courage his entire life to unleash the beast though he does pretend to be heartsick over losing his wife even though there was not one tear it was as if he was like this is the reaction i'm supposed to have and he wants to have like i should feel bad about this i should be mourning her death and yet he does not feel absolutely anything then the police come knocking and they got some questions bill and molly interrogate him but bill simply brushes aside the clear avoidance of questioning to chat about hubba bubba gum and give the motive for why lester would want hess dead when molly hears about the bullying bill practically drags her out of the house and while bill's actions were incorrect i will say and because molly is close to the case that she could have at least pretended like this wasn't an interrogation of a suspect and you know at least try to offer some condolences you know even if you think he was involved play the game she's pushing too hard with only circumstantial evidence pimp daddy malvo walks into a mail office in duluth and intimidates a mail clerk into handing him a package addressed to duluth that contains a book of his next uh client and an id card well a wallet with his id stating that he is now a minister clearly he's a hitman or someone that takes care of situations um i'm not sure i would continue to ask questions after not so subtle threats to my person if i was the mail clerk though i would have been like you know what if you want to come back here and grab it it ain't my job to stop you it sure shit ain't my job to give it to you so do what you gotta do he meets with supermarket king of wisconsin who's being blackmailed who's the fire hydrant why is james trying because he just got dumped down i ain't even lying yo he just got dumped down milo introduces him to shimiko but he doesn't have much to say in this first interaction apparently he is like a big deal as far as he uh knocked out a lot of people he's very strong that's great but <laughs> you're also like 90 years old he doesn't milo want malvo asking questions about money he wants the person doing the blackmail whacked he tells him to start with his soon-to-be ex-wife because after a greek woman turns 40 her pussy gets teeth oh no he didn't his son dimitri makes an appearance and after some smart ass comments uh, malvo leaves and steals the car just waiting to be stolen like that's stupid do not leave your car door open and running while you return that nope Mm -mm. grimley gets assigned animal control duty contemplating the fact that he let the suspect go after hearing about the murders during his police debrief didn't know that was tom hanks son no wonder he looks so familiar to me 
he talks with his daughter about the fact that his number one job is being a dad to her which is why he shouldn't also be a cop and do his cop duties <laughs> but i think he picked the wrong uh, career path if that is indeed what you feel because cops while they do feel a strong sense of morality to their their uh, children they become a cop because they feel or well they're supposed to because they feel an actual righteous um need to protect people who cannot protect themselves and do something to correct the wrongs in this world something his daughter feels strongly about what's up with the neighbor you know he was kind of watching her undress and then she got fully addressed and enjoyed the show and then he acted like he was embarrassed by it all and she had a family too why don't anyone have curtains is what i would like to know i don't know how you would manage to get them in that size and that shape i don't care i know i would be having them or i would have something makeshift up there because ain't nobody just staring in my damn windows like that every room that's ridiculous at the strip club the hitmen are pointed in a look-alike named pointed to a look-alike named lenny who also happens to be injured and shitty at hess he talks a lot too much and for his troubles gets kidnapped and then dropped in a frozen lake at the end of this episode very unceremoniously which is why sometimes you just don't fuck with people especially in the strip club i did forget the show is in the 80s so maybe things were just a lot lax back then <laughs> and why Malvo could just pose as a rep from the divorce attorney without her being aware that her divorce attorney would send a rep and she is talking about just about everything she does not hold any secrets dimitri shows up and almost outs him but he distracts him with a joke that the poor boy does not get that's an actual good joke dimitri is loyal to both his parents though the trainer definitely looks as if he is suspect because he clearly doesn't know how much bronzer is enough bronzer malvo then takes some deep-seated pleasure from listening to the recording of lester pleading for his help after murdering his wife on repeat shimiko comes by to tell malvo to leave like look i'm the muscle around here give me the ransom note get the fuck out of town you've been warned now malvo has already cracked the case because someone could not leave their bronzer off of the blackmail note but he responds to all of this threatening by sitting on his throne and probably taking a shit that is fucking disgusting i like the way he even was like what are you doing flop <laughs> what does it look like i'm doing lester retrieves the murder weapon before heading over to his brothers he did hide it in a smart spot like they went over the entire place and nobody thought to look into the actual washer which why would you so he goes to his brothers where he is given the son's room for some reason that kid has a jar of piss in there i don't know why you thought it was apple juice and you just needed to know that it was piss but if it looks weird it probably is weird and he does agree to finally sell his house and go deer hunting that kid is a psychopath in the making because he be playing with guns you see him at the funeral with that shotgun that's so insensitive and even his brother was like maybe we should go hunting oh kitty's like maybe you know 
he shouldn't be around guns right now <laughs> because that might be traumatizing. Oh shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> At the drugstore, Molly ambushes Lester because he is starting to feel some infection from that wound he has on his hand that proves that he was in the room. So he claims that she's harassing him, which in a way she kind of is, but not really because this is what Vern would have done. But he continues to act suspect as hell, running from her in a panic. At Lou's, she talks to her dad about the clear connection of the case, but knows Chief steers, the dad knows Chief steers the narrative. But he tells her that while you're a cop, you haven't yet dealt with the savagery, any savagery on this level. And that is what this is right now. Like this is whatever's happening. It's not going to make a lot of rational sense. It's just a lot of batshit crazy coming your way. He also tells her the family she will one day have will be the good she sees in this world. Else, how is she going to live? Bill comes into the diner because he's gotten a call from Lester and she is pulled from the case. Like I know it was some grifters or a grifter in particular and that lester is to be left alone she does or he does try to compensate her by saying look you can be lead on the investigation of the dead person in the lake but stay away from the Vern case and she has to accept this because that's the boss what is she gonna do but the thing is the guy or the frozen lake guy is connected to Malvo, who's going to eventually be connected to the Vern case. So in a way, while she doesn't realize it, she is still pursuing the exact same trajectory of events. So hopefully now with Grimly finding some balls, I don't know if he is going to find some, but I have a feeling he will, especially after what his daughter told him. Like, yeah, um, <laughs> it's your job. Uh, maybe they can link up at some point. So that is our episode. If you want to send any feedback for the next one, blackrockcouch at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. <laughs>